technical bugs. You know. Oh, that felt so good. It's a little blessing. All right, well, we got some energy moving, certainly, but let's do it a little bit more by singing the song, and uh, Eric will put the lyrics up on there for us. The next slide. A lot of you know this song. If not, it's pretty simple, and you'll catch on. I've got to catch my breath from running through. Ah, here we go. Ancient mother, hear you calling. Ancient mother, I hear your voice. Ancient mother, I feel your Let's continue on with creating our sacred space. So if you would, go ahead, close your eyes and go within. Take a nice deep breath together and call ourselves fully present to this moment. Boy, and I'm talking to myself when I say that. Oh, all the pieces and parts of us distracted in our future, stuck in our past, anywhere else but right here, right now. Ask that part of you to return. Breathe into that presence. And on your next exhale, go ahead and ground yourself to the earth by imagining a line of energy extending from the base of your spine straight downward through the chair that you are seated in, through the floor, through the foundation of the building, 
deep into Mother Earth. Feel as she opens to receive your taproots and send it down deep and deeper and even more deeply until your taproot drops down to exactly where it needs to be for you to feel grounded and deeply connected to Mother Earth. And from that place, send out smaller little branches, reaching out, taking hold, little rootlets, connecting to the mycelium that connects all of us and everything beneath the surface of the planet. Breathing life into all of those roots and rootlets, begin to draw the energy of Mother Earth up now into those roots, into your main taproot, drawing it up, up, up. And know that what you're drawing up is her strength and her beauty and her, her nourishment and her sustenance and all the wonderful things that Mother Earth provides for us. Draw that up. Draw that in. And keep drawing it all the way up until she arrives there at your chest and into your heart. And when she arrives in your heart once more, take a deep breath to make more room for her. And leaving the energy of Mother Earth there in your heart, look to the heavens now, and she is just waning after that full moon on Friday. She is in Leo today, and draw that warm, radiant, lovely, mystical moon down onto you and into you, and feel her enter into your crown and draw her down through your head, through your neck, into your chest, as she makes her way into your heart. Leaving the moon and the earth there, look to the heavens once more and find the Capricorn sun. Earthy, grounded, strong, in for the long haul, longevity and ambition of Capricorn. Let's draw that down. On the golden light of the sun, entering in through our head, making his way all the way into your heart so that now the earth, the moon, and the sun reside there. And in a moment, we'll take a deep breath together. And this time when we exhale, let's imagine that we can use that exhalation to push these three cosmic energies straight forward outside of your body. We'll imagine it swirling all around us in this beautiful sanctuary, creating our safe and sacred space. Here we go. Deep breath. And out it goes. In this way, we say we have stepped between the worlds. What is between the worlds is not affected by the worlds, but can heal and transform. And so we say our circle is cast in perfect love and perfect trust. Blessed be. Blessed be. All right, Pam's going to come on up here now and and light the candles, starting the north is on the left-hand side, as we sing in the elements, and, and we're going to sing them with a little bit more vitality than we usually have been doing. We've been dirging it out now. We're going <laughs> to... So, to uh, the spirits of the earth, the powers that reside in the north. Spirits of the earth, carry me. Spirits of the earth, carry me home. Spirits of the earth, Carry me home to my heart and to air in the east. 
of the air carry me spirits of the air carry me home spirits of the air carry me home to my heart to the fire in the south spirits of the fire carry me spirits of the fire carry me home spirits of the fire carry me home to my heart water in the west spirits of the water carry me spirits of the water carry me home spirits of the water carry me home to my heart and to spirit of the center spirits of the center carry me Spirits of the center carry me home. Spirits of the center carry me home to my heart. Thank you, Pam. And uh, we'll put the words to the invocation up. Uh, Eric will put that up for us. The words to the invocation, and we'll all read it together today. Are they up there? No, I'm up there. <laughs> There we go, here we go. Great mother of all life, be with us. Fierce, protective mother of the children of the world, be with us. Goddess of love who brings peace, be with us. Today we seek to emulate your spirit of inclusive love, be with us. In our souls we call for armistice, be with us. We lay down our arms in a spiritual ceasefire. Be with us. We open our hearts wide with love and become peace. Be with us. We gather on this fine day to be in your presence. Be with us. Blessed be. Blessed be indeed. And now I'm realizing this is usually when we do the um, When Your Magic. So next month we will have it in the right order. All right, we will begin the podcast now. Excellent. So I just, I, I didn't write this as part of the service, but I have to tell you that yesterday we had the Guys Temple Board Retreat, and we did our review of everything, and we did our strategic planning for the year ahead, and I'm very excited for what we have in store. We've got all of the Sabbaths. We've got some great classes. We've got some great ideas. And uh, just in case you were worried or wondering, Guy's Temple is in very good hands. We've got smart, capable people who are completely dedicated to our mission in the world. And it just was lovely to be, be together and, you know, eat amazing food, <laughs> which is really important at a board retreat. <laughs> yes, there's strategic planning. Yes, we have to look at the financials. But, you know, lunch and dinner. <laughs> okay. So, you know, on my recent pilgrimage to Crete, I met many new women and a few wonderful men who attended the International Convocation of Priestesses uh, to support the raising of the mother world, which I talked about a little bit uh, last month, but in case you weren't here or didn't see it, the, um, the concept of the mother world is to shift the paradigm from the hierarchies that we know, which you know go like this in a pyramid, right, the few on the top at the expense of everybody else on the bottom, uh, to a circle model where those who have the most need are centralized 
and everyone in the circle with the resources helps those who are in most need first so that they are strengthened and they become part of the circle and we keep tending to those with need as opposed to stepping on those with need to get higher and higher. That's the paradigm shift that we uh, convocated for. To raise the mother world. So it was extraordinary and amazing and really wonderful and beautiful and, and, and everyone should do it. And one of the benefits that you come away after a gathering such as this is a whole bunch of new friends on social media. <laughs> And one of them was Rose, the beautiful drummer, one of the, one of the beautiful drummers from the Netherlands. And she uh, posted a, uh, a YouTube video shortly after we got back by a woman who put out a call for submissions for a music video that she is making. And it struck a very deep chord within me when I watched it and I thought, Gaius Temple should participate in this submit a video recording of us singing the chorus of her song, which is called, War is Not a Woman's Game. Mm -hmm. Her name is Yael Dekelbaum. <coughs> she is a platinum award-winning Israeli-Canadian singer-songwriter and activist who really gained notoriety when in 2016, you remember how significant that year was in art history, her song, Prayer of the Mothers, originally written to support the women wage peace movement, went viral on social media. And it just kind of, you know, she plunged into the spotlight this way. Prayer of the Mothers is a gorgeous video. And it's of Israeli and Palestinian women coming together for the sake of their children and the world they want their children to live safely in and into the future. They are women who are tossing aside the man-made borders and stepping into their power to wage peace. It's a magnificent song, and the video just, you know, made me weep. Now, Yael has come out with another song called War is Not a Woman's Game, which is wonderful, and she's asking folks to submit a video recording of us or whoever singing it, uh, singing the chorus part. Um, to use in the new music video that she's making. So I thought, hmm, that would be a great little thing to do and a good way to start 2023 with the theme of peace. And I had so much trouble, you know, I don't have a theme for the whole year, like last year I did Revolutionary Love for the whole year, I don't have a whole yearly theme, but I did think that starting 2023, shunning war, was a good way to start. And I had a lot of trouble finding a title for this service because I knew it, I wanted it to be about peace. And then it was like, peace on earth and being, being peace and we want to be peaceful. I just, uh, nothing really buzzed. So then I looked up peace in the thesaurus just to see what was there. And armistice came up. It was like ding, 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 ding. So the definition of armistice is this. It's an agreement made by opposing sides in a war to stop fighting. Sometimes that's just for a period of time, but it's an agreement on both sides. We're going to stop par uh, fighting. It's an agreement for the cessation of active hostilities. The stis part in armistice is the same stis as in solstice. It means stop. So arms are the weapons. Armistice. We're going to stop using our weapons. We're going to stop fighting. Now arms as in weapons, comes from the Latin word arma, which means tools of war. And I can't help but feel that they came from our arms because that's what we use when we wield weapons. And uh, it's arma, 
R-M-A, and so of course it's not a very big leap from that to armor, which is what we put on to protect ourselves. And it made me think about that, about how we feel this great need to protect ourselves constantly. Now we are living in a culture of fear. We are sold fear, fed fear, indoctrinated into fear, and we feel the need to protect ourselves, especially at this time in our world and in our history, a time of such unrest and uncertainty, right? That's what we want to do is protect ourselves because we don't know what's coming at us. The need that we feel to have uh, is for the tools of war so that we are prepared and we are protected. And this is the whole arms race and accumulating it. Now, the arms are not just the guns, although they surely are but I'm not going to go there too much. What I want to talk today is sort of our spiritual armor, which is often comprised of either our feelings of superiority, right? That sort of spiritual bypassing, I'm a spiritual person, I'm better than you, right? It's our thoughts, it's our feelings, it's our intentions that are also used as weapons. It, they're used as ammunition. That comes in how we think about others how we think about besting others, how our lives are lived in competition with others, how we become jealous of other people's good fortune, how we want to win, win, win all the time, how we strategize to ensure we come out on top. All of these are weapons of war. It's not so hard to pinpoint or notice because it's happening inside our heads or our hearts, and it's not active hostility, it's kind of passive-aggressive hostility, but make no mistake, it's war. This is the pathology, I think, of late-stage or end-stage capitalism that only rewards those who comply with its rules of acquisition and ownership. That is, that's the motivation. Acquisition, I get more, I own it, I'm powerful, I'm in power. So what we need to do us spiritual warriors, and I didn't want to use the word warrior there, but us spiritual people, we need to create the counterculture to this, and we need to live that counterculture, to think for ourselves, to not just buy it because we're hearing it or we're seeing it constantly, to really hone our critical thinking skills. Does this apply to me? Do I want to live that way? Do I really need to buy that thing in order to, you know, we have to think that way. Um, to question the need for constant protection because what protection does, in addition to protecting us, of course, is that it cuts us off. It cuts us off from being compassionate and it cuts us off from our shared humanity, which, as we know, is often flawed, right? Because humans are flawed. Can I get a blessed be? We need to create the counterculture to this culture of being fed fear, 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 fear. Because when we armor, what we're doing is we're shutting down our hearts because we want to deny our vulnerability. We don't want to be vulnerable because we think being vulnerable means that we are a target. And if we believe that fear is right action, we are always going to be a target. So when I was thinking about vulnerability, I thought, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched that Brené Brown TED Talk on vulnerability. So I went and I watched it again. She's so good. If you haven't watched it, do. And one of the things that she said, uh, which is a lot of what I've already been talking about, is that the only way to stay in connection with other human beings 
is by being vulnerable, by allowing ourselves to be real and just exactly who we are, which is not always perfect and in power and, and protected, right? To keep our hearts open. And then, you know, Brene is like a, she's a research scientist, you know, she's always doing the research and always doing a million studies. And she said what she found is that the people who have an easier time of remaining vulnerable and unprotected are those who believe they are worthy. They are worthy. Worthiness is a spiritual principle, right? We are inherently worthy simply by the fact that we exist. Now, many, if not most of us, come from those Judeo-Christian religions that tell us we are not worthy and, in fact, rely on us being unworthy to, and guilty to keep us under their thumb and in power, and them in power, and keep us unempowered. So reclaiming that we are worthy by virtue of the fact that we are here, just like everything else is here, this drum is not worthier than we are. It's no less worthy than we are. It exists just like I do, just like you do, just like this building does, just like the air does. It's all inher inherently worthy. Who gets to decide what is enough? Who measures what's enough? Who do we give the power to decide if we are enough? We need to reclaim that for ourselves. So she found that people who can stay vulnerable live happier lives, even though they might be a little riskier, because they are deeply connected, because they're not shut off. And they're not shut off because they don't buy into the fact that life is one fear after another and they are unsafe. It's like a mindset, but it's also a spiritual principle that we can adapt and adopt and practice. And of course, I highly recommend that we do. So, as we explored in our work with Revolutionary Love, if you followed along last year virtually, there are indeed times to fight for what we want and what is necessary in the ongoing work for justice in this world. But that doesn't mean we walk around fully armed all the time, just in case, always looking behind our shoulder, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm, t I'm so weary of living like that. You know, it's exhausting. And it doesn't put us in the right place and it doesn't create a counterculture. It's feeding into the culture that we already are in that we do not like and we do not want and also is unnecessary in many cases. It, uh, to create this different way, it, it requires us to examine and explore and enact peaceful means to create a culture of peace, to be peace so that we can have it. So I'm gonna ask you if you would once more to close your eyes and go within. I'm gonna lead you on a very brief little meditation today. And uh, go ahead and find your grounding core deep in the earth once more. Find your roots and make sure you are deeply connected there. And then bring your attention to your third eye in the center of your forehead. Imagine it like an actual eye, just like your other two. Go ahead and open it up, look out through it, and find yourself walking away from a fight. Some fight or conflict you have had with someone or something at some time in your life. And now whether this was years ago or more recently, 
Now, there are probably many times when you have fought, but choose one, and I would recommend that you start with a conflict that wasn't the worst one you've ever experienced. Like, take a moment now to find maybe something that was annoying or marginally upsetting, but take a moment to bring a fight that you had to mind now and see yourself walking away from it. Now notice that you've had, now that you've had this fight at the forefront of your consciousness, notice the armor that you are wearing. And that could be actual armor like chainmail. Or maybe you were in the military or the police force or in public service of some kind that required you to bear arms or uh, to mitigate conflict. So you might be having some of that armor. Or maybe it's your metaphorical armor, like your violent thoughts about that person or holding the grudge as you walk away. Notice the armor that you are wearing to protect your pained heart. Notice what it is and notice what it feels like. Good. Now remember what we just contemplated, that armor, while it may keep us safe, also keeps us cut off and disconnected. It keeps us separate. And often we keep our armor on even when we are no longer in need of it. So you might have needed it in the moment of that conflict or fight. But now that you are walking away, you don't need it any longer. So notice how constricting it is or has been how low level and energy draining it is to walk around wearing or thinking that armor, how difficult it is to hang on to it and to keep it going. And now notice how much you wish to be free of it, to be free to come into present time unencumbered, how much you wish to shed your armor like a snake sheds her skin, now, you might notice a bit of reticence about doing so because you know that without armor, you are more vulnerable. But you also know that being vulnerable means being open again, open-hearted, truly courageous. Not the kind of courage you find when you feel invincible, but the kind of courage you find when love is active in your heart. Now, you may still not love the one you are fighting with, but you love yourself enough to drop your weapons and enter a state of peace. And so now you realize you are strong enough without your armor, that you don't need it, and that the best thing you can do is call an armistice. And so go ahead now and lay your arms down. Imagine that's exactly what you do. Take your armor, whether real or metaphoric, and take it off and lay it on the ground. Drop it there. Leave it there. And keep going. Oh. Whoa, 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 mama. Dismantle the system that gives rise to despots and tyrants who wage war, who cling to the notion that power will make them better than anyone than everyone, than everyone else, to dismantle the war within ourselves that follows suit. And that, of course, is where we start. Right? We want to 
wage peace within ourselves. We want to stop warring with ourselves. We want to stop tearing ourselves down and insulting ourselves, which we do constantly. We're not this enough, we're not that enough, we're not thin enough, we're not fat enough, we're not rich enough, we're not smart enough, uh, you name it. You name it. The outfit I'm wearing is not black enough. Uh, it's ridiculous. But it just keeps going. And until we bring our minds to there, to that, and notice it, and it's, that can be exhausting too because you realize, my God, I just told myself to stop that two seconds ago, and I'm doing it again. But it does get easier the more you do it. It's worth the effort. Now, as you know, a gorgeous poem written by Shalan Harkin, and it is called Take a Stand. There's a story that's been going around called the patriarchy that has taken all of our breath away in its insidious suffocation of the truth of who we are. Some say the story serves men, but it doesn't. It profoundly enables men to stay hungry beasts instead of soaring golden eagles. And it does everything to deny women their inherent crowns. This story is beyond individual men, but it can give them a pass directly out of their humanity onto that sick perch of superiority whose position must be constantly maintained, always at the expense of women. Dear men, you didn't start this, but there's no need to be waiting around to be called out. It's time we all self-diagnose this terrible malady of being so far from our own hearts. There's no need to continue letting ancient, violent storytellers write our lives. Take up your pen like the sharpest sword. Fellows, you need to start wielding truth. Women, we are so much more than what the patriarchy has taught us we are. We are mountains filled with explosive light that can dazzle the gods and scintillate the stars. Men, you are so much more than what you have learned from the patriarchy. You are the power within the heart of gentleness. You are the courage seated on the throne of the heart's truth that doesn't stand down. Now is the time to stand up for all of this. Blessed be.